Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 17th of November, 2022. Flyers back in action tonight. TD Garden, the location. They will take on the top team in the NHL. How about the Boston Bruins? Ooh, to start their off, too. Bruce Cassidy out in the offseason. Jim Montgomery comes in and has done a fantastic job with this group. A team that was missing Brad Marchand at the very beginning of the year. He's only played eight games, 11 points in those eight games, and was also without their top defenseman, Charlie McAvoy, who's now only played three games, goal and an assist, two points for McAvoy, but they've uh, overcome all of it. And they've done it with a great player up front in Patrice Bergeron, who once again, off to a good start, 15 points in 16 games, eight of them goals, and David Posternock. Looking for a new contract? How about pay me? I'm putting up points like crazy. 16 games for Pasta. Nine goals, 16 assists. And he is on fire, leading the Boston Bruins in points with 25. Hampus Lindholm, how about that sneaky little pickup there? Hampus Lindholm, and he's got four goals and 13 assists in 17 games on the blue line and averages over 24 minutes of ice time. Oof. Uh, This is a very, very good team. I thought perhaps we'd see a bit of a drop-off with the Bruins this season. That has not been the case. They're 9-0 at home. They are a team that the only two losses they have, they lost to Ottawa on the road way back on October 18th, 7-5 the score in that game. And then they lost to Toronto in Toronto, 2-1 on November 5th, and haven't lost since. They've now won four games since the Toronto loss. 3-1 3-1 win over St. Louis, 3-1 win over Calgary, 3-1 win over Buffalo, and a 5-2 win over Vancouver on Sunday. So they're well-rested. They've had a few days off here, and uh, the Flyers will head in there tonight and take on the top team in the NHL. It's not hard to realize why they're the top team in the NHL. When you look at goals for games played, they lead the NHL. They're averaging four goals exactly per game so far this season. So the top scoring team in the NHL. But top scoring team, does the top scoring team give up a good amount of goals and just outscore their problems? Not when it comes to the Boston Bruins. They are also the stingiest team at goals allowed per games played at 2.19 ahead of the Winnipeg Jets, New Jersey Devils, Vegas Golden Knights, and New York Islanders. How about the power play? Well, power play is not as good as their goals for and goals against ranking, but it's seventh in the league, clicking at 25.4%. And the PK, let's go back to the top of the charts in the NHL. Number one in the NHL, 91.7% is their PK percentage. Oddly enough, the team that's number two in the NHL when it comes to penalty kill percentage is the San Jose Sharks. San Jose, not very good. 18 games played, 6-9-3 and three on the season. But they're the number two PK team in the league. The other thing you always look at with Boston is face-off percentage. Right up there because of Patrice Bergeron. They got a a really good face-off guy there. Second in the NHL at 57.1%. So this team, absolutely legit. 14-2 on the season. They are an absolute wagon. Unbelievable. Plus 30 in goal differential. In 16 games, plus 30 in the NHL. And they have 65 goals for... 35 goals against, and like I said, they won four straight games. So it's the Flyers and the Bruins tonight in Boston. Flyers will be looking to stop the bleeding. They have uh, lost now four games in a row, or 0-3-1, I guess is the official record, with the overtime loss 
Travis Konechny's been playing great hockey. Flyers in their last four, 5-2 loss to Columbus. That was not this past week, this week, that was the week prior. 4-1 loss against Ottawa at Wells Fargo Center in Jeru's return. The 5-1 loss in the back-to-back with Dallas. And then the 5-4 loss in overtime against Columbus. And I mentioned TK. He's got, so far in 16 games this season, seven multi-point games. Four games of the 16, he hasn't lodged a point. He's got two power play goals, two game-winning goals. And here's his per 82 pace. Right now, Travis Konechny, per 82, what he's pacing on, would lead to basically 36 goals this season. 35.875. That's the goal pace he's on per 82. Uh, When it comes to his assists, 61.5 assists per 82. So say 61. And the points pace per 82, 97.375 points in this season. If he were to remain on this pace all the way through, obviously stay healthy, play all 82, the whole thing. He's also averaging just under 20 minutes a game in ice time, 19 minutes and 56 seconds. He has been very good for the Flyers. Coming off a multi-point game against Columbus, had an assist on the Kevin Hayes goal, the first goal of the game for the Flyers in the second period, and also the tying goal on the power play to get it to 4-4. So TK has been unbelievable, and uh, we all hope that he can continue that pace and probably return to the All-Star game where he went in 1920 in Elaine Vigneault's first year. So TK, a big catalyst for the Flyers. Even more impressive, the element that the Flyers don't have a lot of offensive depth and guys that, you know, when they jump over the boards are going to scare the opposition. So the top line with Kevin Hayes, Travis Konechny, and whether that's been Owen Tippett or Joel Farabee or whoever else is with them, will tend to get the shutdown line from the opposition. And TK has managed to... Uh, score and put up some good points despite the fact that they're probably getting the opposition's line that wants to shut them down the most. When you're playing the Flyers, you're going to go, okay, let's shut down the Hayes, TK, and whoever they're with line, and let's force guys like Morgan Frost and Zach McEwen and these other guys to beat us. That's kind of the recipe from a coaching standpoint, I would think, when you play the Flyers. They'll take their chances with those other guys. Now McEwen had a good job and set up Noah Cates for a goal that tied it at two in the Columbus game. But that top line is really the one that can push the most uh, offensive pressure on every one of the opponents the Flyers face. Uh, That's probably not even debatable at this point. So we'll look for TK tonight to continue his uh, good play and the Flyers to go to Boston to take on the Bruins. Let's tackle a couple more uh, submissions, if you will, about uh, thoughts and uh, what this Flyers team is at this point. We're getting close to the quarter pole of the season. 20 games roughly is the, the quarter pole. And, you know, the Flyers have been erratic, really good results in the beginning, but the, the process wasn't great. Process has certainly been better, but four straight losses now, 0-3-1 in their last four, and the process looks better. So kind of where are they? And I got this uh, email from Pavel Taylor. First of all, Pavel, the greatest Pavel. has got to be Pavel Bure, the great former Vancouver Canuck. NHL 94 on Sega Genesis. He was unstoppable. The Russian rocket, and then, of course, went to Florida as well. But I digress. Uh, Pavel's message says as follows. First of all, thank you for the Flyers Daily Podcast. You're welcome, Pavel. Uh, I've been listening to every episode for more than a year now, and I really love it, especially Monday mornings with Bill Meltzer, 
with whom you always have an interesting discussion. He said, I live in Slovakia, and I'm a Flyers fan since 0304, and I really like to listen to the podcast every day in the mornings on my way to work, which makes me almost feel like I'm actually in Philadelphia. That's a great compliment. Thank you very much, Pavel. He said, anyways, I wanted to ask your opinion on the Flyers for checking this year. Last year, it was obvious they are not the fastest team in the league, and many times when they tried the aggressive 2-1-2-4 check, they gave up too many odd man rushes. He said, it seems to me, however, that this year they still play a pretty aggressive forecheck at times, but do not seem to be giving up that many odd man rushes, even though I do not consider them to be much faster of a skating team than last year. I would therefore think it's mainly because they play a much better, quote, structured hockey under torts. Would love to hear your opinion on this. Thanks in advance. Bet it's a luck from Slovakia. Pavel. Uh, great note, Pavel. Thank you. Um, yeah, the forechecking last year, uh, Elaine Vigneault... Stuck with that two one two four check, and we can say, why, why are they doing a four check that is not working, or they don't have the pieces for? It? Coaches don't really change systems. It's not just a system to a coach; it's basically religion. It's their belief on how the game is supposed to be played. Larry Brown, when he was the coach of the Sixers, with Allen Iverson here, used to always say they need to play the right way. He had his belief system, which started from a defensive standpoint in basketball. And everything filtered up the floor. And that was his way of playing, quote, the right way. So each coach has their way that they like to attack. The the way that they think they can exploit the opposition, that's their system, that's their belief structure, and that's their religion. But you're right. Last year, the Flyers, they, not, not the fastest team. Again, they're not the fastest team this year, although they seem to play faster. But last year, they got beat too often on that aggressive 2-1-2 split forecheck. Because if one, if the opposition, you dump the puck in, F1 is going right to the, the puck, the man, the D-man who turns his back. You're going to that guy taking the body or angling him into a certain area of the ice where you know you have support. F2's coming in, and if there's a D behind the net as an option, you take that away. And if you take that away, then, you, then F1's forcing the, the first forward is forcing that D with the puck to come up the strong side and up that wall where that D, say it's on the right side, that D knows it's coming. So he begins to crash down the wall in a pinch. F3, the forward, is reading the play. And as soon as the D comes down, he's covering for him. And D2 kind of moves to the middle of the ice, high around the blue line or just outside the blue line. But if you don't get in there on the dump and you're running a 2-1-2 and you don't get there quick enough, it's an easy... D to D pass, regroup, going the other way. You can beat it with one pass. And when you beat it with one pass, you now have two guys deep. They're going the other way in stride. And you're chasing. And that's why you saw, I think, all those odd man rushes last year. Now, this year, it has been – the system is very similar. It is still a 2-1-2-4 check, that torch run, and it is very aggressive. The difference has been is that – Guys are straight lining it to get in there on the forecheck. Travis Konechny has been a good forechecker this year. Owen Tippett is a good big-bodied skater that can get in there on the forecheck. Zach McEwen is a good forechecker. He's a guy that will get on his skates, get up, and get down there and play the body. And there's a cumulative effect to that as well on the D. Every time they get the puck, if they're getting banged, they start to have the internal clock speed up and... They put the puck in more peril. And the Flyers have done a better job of 
getting in on the four check once they get pucks deep and then creating off that. That's really over the last six or seven games you've seen their four check take a huge step forward, in my opinion, which is why they're defending less as well because it's not just go up, get the puck in the zone, now it's coming back on a rush opportunity the other way. So they have done a much better job with that. Plus the structured part of it is that I think that F3 and F2 on the forecheck when they do dump the puck is in a much better position to react to the play. So that's been part of it as well. So I think it has been better this year. And, and like you said, Pavel, I don't think they're any faster from a skating standpoint than they were a year ago. If it is, it's nominal. But they're playing faster. They're getting up the ice faster. One of the things that Torts preaches, with his D especially, on pucks that get turned over or giveaways in the neutral zone that the Flyers recapture possession, he doesn't want that D doing you know, three D-to-D passes, slowing the game down to a crawl. As soon as that turnover happens, get right back on him in transition. Make a quick decision. Get the puck back up ice. Stress your opponent by urgency by making an aggressive play to get back up the ice before they can fall into their structure. And if you can do that before they fall into their neutral zone for check, a lot of teams, Flyers as well, run a 1-2-2 in the neutral zone. If they don't get a chance to get established in that neutral zone for check and in their lanes, then you can, if you're quick and you got some D that can deliver the puck up the ice and the wingers and center read it, you can get right back on top of them very quickly and make it an easy opportunity to obtain the zone and set up in the zone and get your cycle going and your forecheck going. That's what they've been much better at. So great note, Pavel. I appreciate it. Uh, Pavel sent that via email, and you can email me. You can DM me. Uh, if you want to email me, it's jason.mertitus at gmail.com, M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S. Keep the emails coming. Uh, but Flyers Ginger Ambassador, who's DM me quite a bit, good guy, good Flyer fan, uh, DM'd me and said the following. He said, I think this is the Flyers. Obviously, they could be slightly better with Coots and Atkinson in the lineup. In this stabilizing year, I think we're looking for three things, effort, fundamentals, and response. Those three things, I really agree with that Flyers ginger ambassador. That I think those are three very important things. Effort, something you can control. Fundamentals, something in a way you can control. And response absolutely something you can control and he said uh, respond to other teams physically and how do they respond to losses they are one in six in november and as i write this they are tied with columbus who beat them five to two less than a week ago so this was during the game on tuesday night when he sent this and they were probably either tied at two or tied at four he said i understand they're professionals and they won't take games off but it seems like in past years this would have been an unclimbable hill they fell into long losing streaks I don't know that they have the talent to finish better than last year. Maybe they'll want to finish better than last year, and that may be possible with a better attitude and approach. He said this season, the body language shows they are unbothered by being down or beaten. It does suck, but for the most part, they are in these games. I feel like their defense is their best asset, although the high volume is unsustainable. Recently, it does seem like it's improving. Yeah, They've been out shooting teams pretty substantially of late. Uh, recently, it does seem like, okay, so I read that part, duh. Uh, he said they will get blown out by some of these juggernauts like Boston. And he also said that uh, Anthony mentioned they're looking for forwards because Torts doesn't think these guys should be developed in this league, in the NHL. 
and I can get behind that, but I don't know how they fix it other than getting healthy and sending some of these forwards down, like Tanner Lisinski or, or others. He said, I mean, JVR, Coots, Atkinson, Brown, and Isimov, that same buddy of mine from a previous message and I told him that I'd like to see these guys play together in the AHL and contend for a Calder Cup rather than play on a third or fourth line at the NHL. And he said, so you have mentioned that the Flyers have always run into these teams that were multi-year contenders and winners. I, I brought this up before where since the Flyers won the Cup in uh, 74 and 75, they've gone back to the Cup final six times and they faced a dynasty every time. Montreal in 76, that was the first of four straight Cups for Montreal. They went back to the Cup Final in 1980 against the Islanders. They won four straight Cups. They went to the Cup in 85 and 87. They took on that Oilers team that won five Cups in seven years. They went to the Cup in 97. They took on Detroit, who won three Cups in, I think it was five or six years. And then they took on the Chicago Blackhawks in 2010, who went on to win three Cups in five years, 2010, 13, and 15. Um, He said, but my question to you is, how do we build something like that? like those teams. He said, I don't think Chuck can. I don't want to go there and contend for one to two seasons. I want a team like those other teams had. I want a team like the Kings, the Blackhawks, the Lightning, Penguins, where we can contend and then maybe a quick retool for a season or two, if need be, and back at it and contending again. He said, I feel like we haven't had that since Eric Lindros. Now, that's really interesting because I look at all those teams. The Kings won multiple Cups. They won the Cup in 2012 and 2014. The Blackhawks, as I mentioned, won it in 10, 13, and 15. The Lightning obviously won it the two years prior to last year. They won it way back in 04 as well. Um, You look at the Penguins, who won the back-to-back Cups, I think, in 16, 17, I want to say. And then won, obviously, back in 2009. And, you know, you look at all these teams, and what do they all have in common? You know, the Kings, maybe not as much as the Blackhawks, Lightning, and Penguins, but the Blackhawks have Patrick Kane. He's not a generational talent. He's a superstar, homegrown, drafted, Taves and Kane. Great on the back end with Duncan Keith and Seabrook. I'd say goaltending, but I don't think it was predicated in Chicago on goaltending. Certainly not the first year with Anthony Niemi, although I think Corey Crawford was very underrated in how people thought about him for those other two cups. But that was a team, and then they filled it with role, and they had grit, and they had all elements of a winning team. High-end talent, guys that worked hard, Marion Hosts. I mean, they had some really good players as part of that core. Obviously, they won three cups. The Lightning, obviously, there's high-end talent there. Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, Victor Hedman. The goaltender is out of this world how good he is in Vasilevsky. And the Lightning are a team that gave up a lot and a lot of good chances. But that guy back there just seemed to deny everything. And not only that, but how good Vasilevsky is in the playoffs. And then you have other players too, like the Lightning, with guys like Braden Point. You had Andre Palat. You had all these different pieces. And they didn't win anything until they went out and got Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow and added that grit factor to it. But that's, you know, the recipe for all these teams is the same. The Penguins, I mean, they end up with all these number one overall picks with Crosby and Marc-Andre Fleury, and they have Malkin and Latang, and that's their core. Then they bring in other guys, Nick Benino over the years, and you know Rust and Gensel and all these players, and that's why they were a very well-balanced team, once again, with great leadership. The Kings, I look at that team, Anje Kopitar, 
is a star player, more of a sulky type guy than a, a, you know, a star scorer or anything like that. They had great goaltending, though, with Jonathan Quick, who was unbelievable. They had one of the best defensemen in the game at the time, and Drew Doughty, that could eat up 30 minutes a night. Uh, they had Jeff Carter and Mike Richards and Justin Williams. They had some really good players at different points in their career. Dustin Brown, Jared Stahl. I mean, they had some really good players. So all those teams show you one thing, that it takes a complete team to be able to do what they did. And these are all in the salary cap. And I think the biggest key is that you have to draft and you have to develop. You have to get a Braden point in the third round and have him turn into a star. You have to draft and develop that goaltender, which all of those teams did. The Blackhawks with Crawford, the Lightning with Vasilevsky, the Penguins with Marc-Andre Fleury and then Matt Murray, and the Kings with Jonathan Quick. They, that's how you have to do it. You can go out and sign some free agents, and they could be a big part of it. But overall, you have to draft and develop really well to put yourself, I think, in a position to be a perennial team, a team that's a cup contender for not just two years or three years, but about a six- to eight-year window. Now, it helps. You know, in in sports, it's sometimes not that you suck sometimes or you're going to suck. It's when you stink and what kind of luck you get in the draft. You know, you could be a team that finishes the worst in the NHL, gets the number one draft pick, but the number one overall pick is Nail Yakupov. Or you can be a team that has a really bad season, gets the number one overall pick, and they get a player like Sidney Crosby or Patrick Kane because of the coin flip with the Flyers back in 07. You know, all of those things are a part of it. Sometimes it's not that you're bad, it's when you're bad. Flyers got lottery luck in 2017. And what was being deemed as a two-player draft and a huge drop-off with Nico Heischer and Nolan Patrick. Flyers had number two. Devils took Heischer. They took Patrick. Nobody knew at that time that Kale McCarr was going to be what he was. Now, because he wasn't playing at a, a top level, the crazy part about that is Colorado went ballistic when the lottery results came out that year because they were the worst team in the league by 40 standings points and ended up drafting number four overall. Fourth overall. I mean, think about that. 40 standings points to the second worst team in the league. And fourth overall, they took a flyer and they grabbed a guy named Kale McCarr, who, by a lot of people's account, I didn't see a ton of him play, is the next Bobby Orr. He certainly has been not good, not great, spectacular. So that those are the things that it takes, I think, to build a team that can contend for many, many years. It takes time and it's not easy. 32 teams in this league now. So there's it's the talent is watered down even more. It's not the old NHL with 21 teams where the joke of, well, every team in the NHL makes the playoffs. Well, not every team did, but damn near every team did. Only five didn't when it was a 21-team league. Now half the league makes it, half doesn't, and it's spread out. And, you know, a third-round pick, a late third-round pick is basically, you know, uh, uh, now a second round pick. So it's it's hard to do, but that's the task at hand to put a team together that can contend for multiple years through homegrown talent, smart uh decision making fiscally, 
when it comes to contracts and extensions and free agents. You can't make a huge mistake because if you do, you got to live with it. And there's no other team in the league that's going to go, oh, the poor Flyers, they made a mistake. Let's bail them out. Doesn't work that way. All right, Flyers in Boston tonight to take on the Bruins. Bruins are 14-2, and 9-0 at home. Will the Flyers come out with a win? Well, we'll break it down tomorrow. We'll talk about the game, and that'll be coming up on a Friday edition of Flyers Daily. So enjoy your hockey tonight, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand-new edition of Flyers Daily.